so y'all know that when I teach, I'm pretty laid back. You know, it's just kind of having a chat. I have preached this sermon to myself like eight times this week. And I've listened, I've listened to the song that Zach and the band lead called Our God probably a hundred times this week. And so I might just, I might possibly be a little more excited than usual. And so if I am, my encouragement to you would be just go with it. Like, you know, if, if you're cool with just, yeah, like that, just, just let it go, right? And so I had a few folks at 930 that took me up on that and it was so much fun. Uh, so if y'all don't know, this is our own Zach Brown. Let's say, help, yep, yep. And uh, you may know that we're in a, uh, we're in a transition. Uh, Hector's first day at his new church this morning, when we gathered this morning, we prayed for him and his family in that transition. But man, I gotta tell you, Zach, we, we hadn't missed a beat, brother. You're killing it. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, uh, you're, you're a lot of fun to be up here with. So Zach and I, we're gonna teach that last song today. All right, because I think sometimes we, uh, we sing these songs and wonder, so what is the backstory of the song? What is the foundation in the song? I, I've heard all kind of things about, you know, when you, Chuck, if you sing the old hymns, they're, they're, they're rock solid in doctrine and theology. Well, this Tomlin song is as well. I mean, maybe even more so. Because part of what happens when we recognize and ask the question, what are we gonna do with our God? What will you do with our God. Now, there are folks in here that would say, well, Chuck, I don't have a God. Maybe it's your God, I don't have a God. And then there will be others that say, well, you know, he's our God because we're all going to the same place. And then there's the folks in here that would say, well, sometimes I feel like it's my God, but a lot of times I'm thinking I'm not his kid. When we sing our God is greater, our God is stronger, then we're, we're making this declarative statement that he is my God. See, it's easy saying he is our God, but it's a whole nother thing to say he is my God. So I thought when we sang this song and when I've sung it all week long, I thought to myself, man, this is filled with scripture. It's filled with the story of God. How could you not claim our God? Oh my stars, I, I, I look at this and I think to myself, you know, going into Easter, wouldn't it be great if each person here today and each person that joins us online would just do something as simple as opening up the Sugar Hill Church app and hit register. And there's a place there that just says one. And you could just jot the name, if you want to, just first name. And you say, I want between now and the end of Easter day, I want that one to experience the power of the resurrected Christ as Savior and as Lord. And you say, well, Chuck, do you really think God, is God really at that level? I believe as sure as that's a wood podium, that God is walking through this room, reminding you now of what is the one person that you want to pray for and ask this team to pray for, that by the end of Easter, you could see that prayer become a reality. So I invite you this week, put that one person down so that next week we'll see person after person scrolling on that with just first names.
And we all join in praying for that person, that one. Because you see, to to take that and to say, God is this one, it is the very act of that is saying that you are my God and I trust you. And I'm going to ask you to do what only you can do as bold as to say, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna ask God, would your heart bend toward that person so that that person's heart might bend toward you? You see, our God is packed with all kind of meaning. Zach, sing, sing that first part, would you? Water you turned into wine You opened the eyes of the blind There's no one like you There's none like you You've got to love that. I mean, the song opens with You turned the water to wine And we may forget that the first miracle that Jesus performed in his ministry here on this earth is he went to a a wedding feast. Now, a wedding feast in in Jewish culture, it was filled with people from all the community. And it could go a week long. I mean, it was a party. And what would happen is the host family, they would... They would break out the wine and they would bring the good stuff out first. And as the evening and the week kept going, they, they got all the way down to Boone's farm. If you're laughing, you might need Jesus. <laughs> you see, the 930 crowd doesn't do that. I love y'all. See, I, they just get the warm up. You get the good stuff here. So at the wedding feast, the host has run out of wine. Now, the presence of wine at a wedding feast in first century Judaism, it was a picture of the blessing of God. So if the blessing of God was to be seen on this new couple, this wine flowed freely. And they ran out. Mary, the mother of Jesus, comes to her son and says, you got to fix this. You got to fix this. And Jesus looks at his mom and says, but it's not my time yet. And then Mary looks back and says, but I need it to be your time now. And being a good Jewish boy, Jesus did what mom said. So he walks over and there's these big vats of water and the, the, the water was ceremonial hand washing water. So what was designed to be used to prepare yourself for a blessing Jesus was about to turn that into a blessing. Now he's, he, he tes, says to the servants, after Mary has directed them toward him, he says, I want you to take those ceremonial waters and I want you to fill the pitcher and I want you to go to each goblet and pour it. Now if I'm that servant, I'm thinking, I don't know this dude. And I'm not really sure what's going to happen here. So I want you to imagine he picks up the first goblet and he's shaking a bit and the pitcher's shaking a bit and he goes to pour and his eyes are kind of closed and all of a sudden he sees it's, oh, that's wine. And he sets it down and the guy that has it pulls it up and goes, 
swallows it. He doesn't spit it out, which I've never understood that deal. And he says, wow, most host families, they serve the good stuff first. But this family, that's the best. And by the way, it didn't stop. The whole feast. And what, what did I say about that, the, about the presence of that wine? That feast had known God himself in the presence of his son Jesus he brought the blessing the water he turned into wine and then he opened the eyes of the blind Jesus saw a blind man from birth and the disciples said well is, is this guy blind Jesus because of what his, his dad did or something he did Jesus says, no, neither of those are right. God, the Father allowed this so that I, his son, could bring glory to him. And he reaches down and he grabs some of that Middle Eastern dust and sand and spits on it. And he stirs it up and he wipes it on this guy's eyes. And then he says, Go down to the pool at Siloam and bathe. Dude goes down to the pool, washes it off, and he opens his eyes, and he has seen life, and he's never seen it before. Listen to what happens in the scripture in John chapter 9. This happens so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in this world, I am the light of the world. I love this in verse 9. There's always skeptics, right? So it says, starting in verse 9, it says, Some said he was and others said no, speaking about the blind man. Now watch this. He went to the pool of Siloam for a reason because this is where the Pharisees would find him. And the crowd was saying, well, that's not the same dude. It's just like, man, you know, blind dudes in the Middle East is like they all look the same. And they said, so are, are you the guy? And he says, but the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the one. Hello. Blind, now I see. Amazing grace, we're writing it down now. I got it, I can see. I was blind, I could see. (laughs) Can you imagine there's probably some other dude who said, I was at a wedding a few weeks ago, and dude, let me tell you something. That was good stuff. And then... They asked him in verse 10, who healed you? What happened? (laughs) He told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So when I went and I washed, now I can see. Come on, man. 
Watch this. Water to wine, blind to sight, light of the world. It wasn't just good then, it is good today. I gotta tell you something. I need a little more blessing of God in my family, don't you? I, I need to be able to see through spiritual eyes, don't you? I need the light of the world to shine and give me direction in my life, don't you? But I want so much of it that it cannot do anything more than shine from me. The only thing of value that we offer this world is Jesus himself. But see, he wasn't just any light. In the darkness you shine and out of the ashes we rise, there is no one like you. Oh, listen, friend, there is no one like him. People have tried to silence him and they have tried to push him to a corner. They've even tried to say he's one of many gods. But our God reigns. Our God who turned water into wine. Our God who brought light into darkness. Our God that took us from blind to sight. You can't stop him. Our God has now become my God. Today let him become your God. Sing that next part, Zach. Into the darkness you shine And out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you There's none like you David the giant killer David the king David the man after God's own heart He wrote in the 27th Psalm The Lord is my light is my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid then the prophet Isaiah wrote in the 25th chapter of his prophecy he said for you have been a strength to the poor a strength to the needy in his distress a refuge from the storm a shade from the heat. For the blast of the terrible one is as a storm against the wall. Friends, listen to God as he promises you, you can do all things through him and nothing without him. Listen, my friend, as our God says, there is no one like me. There is no one that can claim heaven as your home but him. There is no one that can cover your family like him. There is no one that can give you light for direction but him he is our hope he is our healer he is our hero Isaiah skip a few chapters down to chapter 41 he says fear not I love this don't be afraid for I am with you be not dismayed for I am your God I will strengthen you I will help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He is indeed a powerful God. Water to wine, blind to sight, light to darkness, and the strength and the power of the whole universe. Matthew writes in the ninth chapter of his gospel, 
Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Why hashtag compassion over fashion? And I gotta tell you why. Because he is our God. There is no one like our God. There is no one who can do what he does for us. There is no one that can make home our heaven. There is no one that can go before us. He is our God. which is exactly why I want to ask you to put that name in there this week. You, you might need to put your name in there this week. Zach, sing the next part. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power. Our God our God. Get all in that. And if our God is for us, I like and that. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand How are you not singing? against? And if our really? God is for How us, can you not sing then with who could Come ever on, stop us? And if our God is with Man. us, then what can stand against? And if our God is for us, then and if our God is with us, then what can stand against? I love this. When you guys jump into that part, it's like I want to beat my chest and I want to think, I'm so glad he's my God. I'm so glad he didn't walk out on me when I walked away from him. Listen, friend. Every human who's a follower of Jesus at some time in their life, I believe, has a crisis of faith. A time in which you felt like, God, why are you allowing all this in my life? God, why would you give me these circumstances? God, why would you give me that spouse? God, why would you give me that kid? Why would you give me that disease? Why would you bring death to my family? And as sure as I'm, I'm alive and on the stage at Sugar Hill Church, I can tell you, I had my crisis. And you know what's horrible to admit about my crisis? It wasn't while I was running a business. It was... It was while I was a pastor of this church. I mean, from kind of a rapid sequence of a spouse dying and a dad dying and a mom dying, and then God gave me the gift of, of Jenny, and we started trying to blend six daughters. And let me just tell you something. That right there is heart attack material. No, I mean, seriously, like if, you, if, you're, in a, if you're in a blended family, I'm telling you, it's not for the faint of heart, is it? I mean, bro, that's work. God has to get all in that. I mean, I've got to have a God who can't be stopped to get into that. And we look back now and our kids aren't perfect, but I'm going to tell you something. Every kid knows they're loved and we know that we are loved by every kid. And God stepped in and he did something. The weight came and the crash fell and we lost everything we owned. I'm not talking about, hey, it got tight. I'm talking everything. I remember telling Jen, I, I, I'm worn out with, with God. 
And to be honest with you, this is ridiculous. God, it's so easy to tell those people, you're supposed to love God. But when I look at my life and I'm thinking, Chuck, you don't love God right now. It's like, God, I'm tired of you. you. All you do is bring me misery. I'm done with you. And my God was stronger than my fit. He was stronger than my money problems. He was stronger than six daughters. He was stronger than death. And as sure as I could say it, I promise you, it's like the God of all creation lent his right hand down, pulled up the lobe of my ear and said, Chuck, you're my boy. Hang in there. I am your God. I'm going to use all those things for your good and my glory. And when I do, it's going to be so cool. And I look back now and I want to tell you, that woman over there rescued my tail and right behind her God came and said we're going to do something with y'all and I know that I'm not for everybody and I know that this church isn't for everybody but I'm going to tell you something it is the power of my God that lets me say I love y'all it's the power of my God that can say he's greater than anything like when Zach sings the if and if our God is for us, the if is not a question. The if, it's not like Bill Clinton saying, what is the definition of is? If is clear. I, F, if. But the question isn't, hey, Zach, you know, if God is for us, then that'd be cool. But if God's not for us, we're toast. You see, the statement is not, what if the statement is if and when it's this this thing well of course it's going to happen if if god shows up now or god shows up later the statement isn't a question the statement is a declaration it's the statement that yes god is for us it's like saying hey let's go versus hey let's go same word totally different meaning god says come on it's declared of God is for us. He is not against us. He is not building walls between himself and you. He is building a bridge over the chasm of sin so that we might have all of heaven rain down on us with mercy and grace when he says, come walk across this bridge I call my son. It's an old rugged cross, but you can walk across it. It's sturdy. It took on the sin of the world. It had the shed blood of my son They broke him there and they took him down and they buried him in a tomb. But the reason we don't wear a tomb around our neck is he didn't stay there. Our God was bigger than death. Our God was bigger than the cross. Our God was big enough to win. It's declarative. God is with us. Think about this. God is for us. So who could ever stop him working in our life? God is with us. There is no place we can go that he is not. It's declarative. God's with us. God is for us. He loves us. He claims us. He forgives us. He provides for us. He is always good to us, and he always loves us. And you say, Chuck, that's so easy for you to say. You're on the other side of all that junk you're going through. Yeah, I am. I am gratefully through. I am gratefully so happy. 
that for you. I mean, whatever's in front of you today, I, I want you to be able to say, God delivered the blessing to me to get through that, just like he brought the blessing to that family. I'm trusting that Jesus will come and bring me sight, spiritual sight, to recognize that heaven is surely my home and I have claimed my stake in Christ and Christ alone. I want you to be able to say, I don't live in the darkness of sin and selfishness. I live in the light of truth, the way, the life, the light. It's declarative. There's only one question remaining. What are you going to do with our God? What will you do with him? I mean, you could be here and say, you know what, Chuck, I, you, that was mildly entertaining, but you know, God's stuff's not for me. Sometimes I think we connect God's stuff with buildings, churches, and styles. You see, the blessing that God brought wasn't necessarily the wine. It was the recognition that would have never felt the blessing apart from him. Part of, part of the man being able to see that he couldn't see was the fact that God can give you eyes and sight that now are through a spiritual lens of the goodness of God. That he might carve a path out. He is all you need. He, he's more than enough. He doesn't need a denomination. He doesn't need a church. He needs a heart to say, Jesus, I want you. I know that you came for me that you died for me, that you rose from the dead for me, and you've gone to heaven to create a home for me. And Jesus, I want that. I want to go from your God to my God. And I want to claim that now. You can choose today. You can choose your God. You can now claim, should you do that, to say, but he's our God. And then you'll have a desire to look outside this building and say, and I want them to be their God as well. Let's pray. You know, if you're not careful, we can think in a season of prayer that, well, it's, it's about emotions or those things. But God, I want you to hear the cry of the folks who said, that's my heart. I don't know how to say it yet, but that's my heart. Lord, would you hear the person right now, they can't lift their head or their hands. They're living in a life of brokenness or even sorrow, maybe anger, bitterness. God, would, would you hear their prayer right now? And if you're here today and you don't know what to pray, let this be your prayer. God, I believe you can hear me. So I want to thank you for Jesus. How he died for my sin. How he rose from the grave to go to heaven to create a home for all those believed. And God, I want to be that person that believes today.
God, I want to turn my life around. I don't want to live for me. I want to live for you. And I want to trust you with everything. I want to be able to say, you are my God. And when my God is for me, nobody can stand against me. And when my God is for us, nothing can stand against us. No wall, nothing. God, I want to, I want to live my life with faith. And God, I believe there are people here today that would say, I, I settled my score with Jesus 15, 20, 30 years ago. But I, I sure haven't lived like it. You might even say, like we were talking about a minute ago, there's somebody I want to pray for that between now and Easter, they come to know that our God cannot be defeated and that that our God has become their God. If that prayer is the desire and that's the the heartbeat inside your life, you say, Chuck, that's what I want. Whatever that is, that's what I want. Say, God, count me in on that heads bowed, eyes closed. Listen, if that's your desire today, you say, I just, I want to settle that score. If it's the first time or something that I need to clear up from 30 years ago, would you just slip your hand up so I can see you? I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to go or do anything. I just want to see you. I just want to pray for you. Yeah. 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 So God, we praise you and we thank you that you are our God. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, amen. Come on, let's praise him.